I've been talking about morning. I'm uh, serving this morning the ripple, and it's <laughs> it's been it's been probably the, one of the craziest weeks of my life. So tell myself we married 33 years is on Friday. Um, so that was good, but we also had one of those weeks where you know when you come off that excitement of last week and you know it was a great service and everyone was young with visitors and we eventually moved into a home and you know. Everything was exciting. And then it's like Monday morning, I could be able to stay at my diary. You know? And anything that could go wrong, did go wrong, from stomach bugs to you name it, you name it, it went wrong. The craziest of weeks. And I'll be so challenged in this week because I. So Dal said to me at the beginning of the week, What is your service time? And I, I, I said to her, The ripple. Because I wanted to chat around how important it is for us to be more than what we are right now. And I don't know about you, but I know when I was a youngster and we grew up and we used to go to Michael Nasser's farm and we were little chookies, you know. There's one thing that we always love to do, and I, I don't know how many of you guys have done it, but how many of you guys can skip a stone across the sand or skip a stone across water? I think we've all tried it, eh? We've all tried it. And I mean, as youngsters, we used to like to you know, skip that old stone and practice and practice and practice. Um, and this week, I was reminded of that. Uncle Errol actually asked me, and he said, you good? You know, what is the idea about our new symbol, you know, our new thing? And I thought he explained to him, and I explained to you now, now. But then in a week that I was having, I felt that time to look like I was sitting here from the point, you know? That, that, that just, there was just something was going crazy on around us and in my life. But in that moment, I started to realize something, that it doesn't matter in which pond God drops you and I, there will always be a little bit of it. It doesn't matter where God places you, whether it's in your work situation, whether it's at school, whether it's in school, whether it's at your business, wherever God drops you, into whatever pond he drops into, there's going to be a ripple effect. There's going to be a reaction to what is happening in your life. And just thinking about that this week, I, I start to ponder on, on how much of a ripple effect we actually believe. Because whether you like it or not, not everything that we do brings glory and honor to God. Not everything that you and I do, you know, really screams out the fact that Jesus, I want to be, I want to with Jesus because I see Jesus in you. Who knows what to think about? You know, we have those days where we don't feel like Christians. We have those days where the mouth lets us down, the brain lets us down, the heart lets us down, our emotions let us down. You know, we, we don't, we, we're not always H-A-P-P-Y. And people love to think that we're H-A-P-P-Y all the time, but we're not always H-A-P-P-Y. But in saying that, I found this verse this week, and I was actually sharing it with my son. And it's in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. And I'm going to read it to you. Um, and I'm going to leave it, read it to you out of the, the, the contemporary English version. And then I'm going to read to you out of the message. But the contemporary English version says this. It says, dear friends, God is good. So I beg you to offer your bodies to him as a living sacrifice, pure and pleasing. That the most sensible way to serve God... Do not be like the people of this world, but let God change the way you think. And then you will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to Him. 
In the Message Bible, Eugene Peterson writes it like this. Um, and, and I love the way he writes, he says this. He says, so here is what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, your ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you. To embrace what God does for you is the best. Things you can do and the things you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to the culture that you'll fit in without even thinking about it. Instead, fix your attention on God and you will change from the inside out. Ready, readily recognizing what He wants from you and quickly responding to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of in, uh, immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And that's from Romans 12. So he says, you've got to take your everyday, ordinary life. And I love the way he put that because, you know, every one of us are not in an environment where, you know, we just fall with the presence of God the whole time. Not everyone is passing here. Some of us go to, to work, some of us got some difficult people we work with, some people with difficult people we work for. But there was this one question that kept on coming into my mind this week. Because I had so many challenges and I had so many chances to lose it. I had so many chances to respond badly. Who knows what I'm talking about? You know? There are the you know, the, 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 body, the mind is not attention to what it is, you know. But I thought about this, and I thought, you know, that if we cannot represent God well in the hard times, if we cannot represent God well in the difficult moments, if we cannot represent God well to the world outside there, because let me tell you something, all the enemy wants from you is to react in the wrong way. And whether you like it or not, there are people that watch your every move. There are family members that are watching your every move. There are work colleagues that are waiting for you to mess up. There are children waiting for you to mess up. And it's interesting thing because at the end of the day, the word of God says, we need to give our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. You know, please, in his sight. So what does that mean? That means that the word of God says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now within you. And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is within you, we need to learn to represent well. Who wants to gain your time? No. <laughs> Loved it. Interesting game. We just need a kick and we'll be fine. <laughs> but I watched here any boy run out of life. And the way this guy sing the national anthem, you can say what you want to. Even if we lost 15 0 last night, they represented well. They weren't playing for themselves, they were playing for a nation. Did they make mistakes? Absolutely. Did they do some cheap things? Absolutely. But I often wondered what it must be like to come and see her, especially here. You know, there's a devoted Christian, a believer. He's not shy in proclaiming the gospel to Jesus. But how difficult it must be for him 
to run onto the field and have what? 20 million people watching how he's going to act to the ref, how he's going to act to the guy poking him in the eye, how is he going to act to the guy holding down in the sun, how is he going to act to the ref decisions? How does he act? And not just somebody that's representing our nation, but as someone that's representing our God. And you know what I love about him? This is not what he called. But when he stands in that tunnel, and he's fit to run out to the biggest challenge of his life, you know what he's doing? Watch him worshiping. He's worshiping. God! May I represent you all today. Father, may I take my ordinary life, my everyday walking and waking up, my everyday work, everything that I'm doing. And Father, I know, I know that the enemy is going to be out there. I know that the enemy wants me to fail. I know that the enemy wants me to do horrible things. But Father, I hope that you protect me. Your work is to be in our church. Um, we all know he's he captain the, the Springbok one day at T20 team and he was with us for a long time. And um, he was playing for the Springboks one game against India. And uh, <laughs> he did something, he got hit for six and he turned around and he just dropped an egg ball in the middle of it. But you couldn't hear it, you just see he mouthed it, you know. But in any case, that night his wife gave him hell. She gave him hell and he was like, I still spoke to her about it. She's like, no, I know this. And she said, I don't care. I don't care. She says, everything you did in the game, people forgot about in that one moment. In that one moment. That one moment that you believe that you're a Christian. That moment you testified and told everyone how good God is to you and how faithful God is to you and how God provided you a son when it was impossible and how God put you in the stream up to you from the age of a kid, you know? You do it in one little And I often know, I wonder how often we drop that ball. Do we really live a life worthy of the calling of God? You see, the problem is this, is that the devil keeps us so busy trying to work out and be good Christians that we clean forget what we call to. Our scripture, Isaiah 61, what does it say? Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon every single person that has received Jesus Christ as Lord and saved his life. And the word says this, And the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you to preach. That's the first thing he says. To preach good tidings. We think we are just to get saved. We think we are because we don't want to go to hell. Someone told us about it. Doesn't sound like a cool place. And so we we we, we want that. But then we forget about while we were born. Then we forget about what is our purpose on this earth. Jeremiah 29, my favorite scripture says, For I know the plans I have for you to create the Lord, plans to prosper, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. And if God has a purpose and God has a plan for you, let me tell you something. God has a plan that He needs to stop you. But will you leave a little effect 
if people had come to me about you. And this is why I, I, I don't like funerals, because I find it a whole lot of lying down in funerals. Am I being horrible? I'm honest. Hey? We know what the person was like, and everyone's like, oh, such an amazing person. He beat his wife, but it was okay. He was drunk on his second day, but he was a good leader. And we do, we say these things, why? Because every one of us want to believe that the person next to us, and including ourselves, we're going to end well. We all want to end well. We all want to end with a testimony. We all want people when we go on this, and man, if, he, if I could just be like Kurt, it would change my life because I know you wish I Oh, I wish I could control my temper, you know, like Fernando. I wish I could speak so well as Christian. I know it's a bad example, Jess, don't worry about it. But what are you leaving behind? What are you leaving behind? What is your legacy going to be? Because every one of you in this room today, whether you like it or not, you're going to leave a legacy behind. Over the last four months in building this church, I realized there's three kinds of people. There are workers, there are directors, and there are people that believe in our work. Advice was given to you. And that's great. And I'm not being horrible. We'll get to a point. Because see, there's a difference between confessing that you're a believer and acting like you're a believer. There's a difference in how you treat people, how you speak to people. You see, we go around this world and all we're trying to do is fix other people. The problem is that 90% of ourselves, us haven't fixed ourselves yet. When Lord says somebody in this room, just led someone to Jesus. When was there someone in this room actually told someone not about how horrible their sin is, but how much Jesus loved them? How many of us have expressed that overwhelming joy of just knowing Him? This is about us. This is about us. How passionate are we about what we believe? 24 years ago, when we started speaking about planting oasis, and those of you that don't know, we called it oasis, and we only go afterwards, the first office of that in America. And that's what we always wanted to be. And should tell myself, remember we slept on the Remember big computers? You would have to start up 20 years ago, and that thing got and like 15 minutes left, just to get on the end. And we just sit there and just keep 15 minutes. And every single time we had little flyers for the church, little. And all I had in my head for the church was a drop being poured out of a jug. But at that time, there was no way I could explain 
Jesus, I'm telling exactly what I saw in my mind should be where we are. And I saw that because I, there's a certain thing about water, as you can see, we've got a lot of it today. Our dam is full again. But whenever we speak about God, it about life, water. Water speaks about life. The world cannot exist without water. The world cannot exist without rain. Everything will dry up, everything will die, everything will go. Even though you're in the Amazon rainforest today, if there's no rain, it'll look like Kalahari in a couple of months now. But I also love the fact that water speaks about life. It speaks about longevity, it speaks about endurance. It speak, often speaks about pleasures in our lives. And whenever we speak about the way of God, we speak about the way as the water of the Spirit of God or the will of God. And I never could put that into words. Just one about four months ago, my daughter phoned me and she said, Dad, you know, I want to do all the media for the church tonight. I want to do the signage and I want to do everything. Got it myself on the desk, guys. We started playing around some idea. And she said, you know, I, I want to to have a symbol. You know, that if you think you don't see the name, let me know about the symbol. And we started playing around with a whole lot of things. And, and we came up with the symbol behind me. And often we say, what is it? And it's exactly what I'm speaking to you about this morning. That wherever God drops us, we need to leave a little of faith. That is it. That's what race is about. We are having the worst time of our work right now. If God has dropped you there, leave an effect. If it's at your school, leave an effect. If it's in your marriage, leave something. Leave something. That people know who you are. Every one of us, we only need one chance for us. We need one chance. And I know when we're 16, we're ready to start a job. And, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then we go into our 20s, and then we want to get married. And, you know, we're going to give our life to God then. And then the kids come, and then the kids need to go to church. But it feels so terrible that we feel that our faith is optional. I'm so sad that we feel that often that our faith is something that we can choose. And yet the word of God says, we do not choose him, but he chose us. That he is called us by name. And somewhere along the line, we're 50, 60, 80, 20, 25 years old, we think we're just going to live forever, you know? We've we, we always got enough time. And, and that is the most selfish thing to think that you've got enough time. Because we weren't put on this earth to have enough time to change. We put on this earth to change people's lives around us. We are put on this earth that we can communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ to each and every person. And what would it be if God took this building and he stuck it in the middle of these you know, and, and, and we just don't affect the community at all? What have you achieved? What happens if every week we just come to church and we're just happy to sit here and bask in the sun or the rain or whatever bread comes our way and, and we just walk out of here and say, but that was a good service. You see, we don't need good services. We need services that take us. We don't need services that, that make you feel good about yourself. And you've got to understand this. And this is what we saw all this week. And I don't know why it's just hard to speak, but I realized something 
that I'm going to be accountable for every person that has crossed my path one day. God's going to ask me, Kirk, what happened? I gave you so much time with Mike. I gave you so much time with Wally. I gave you so much time with Dion. What, what did you do with that time that I gave you? I didn't put you on this earth to be married and to have kids and to be a pastor. I put you on this earth because I believe that you could be changed. I had people, the word of God says in the song, that he knitted us together in our mother's womb. Before the foundations of the earth were laid, he knitted us together. He had a purpose and a plan and a form for you and I. And if we think we have to make money, or we have to be a good church person, or we could die for a good father, you've missed it completely. The spirit of the Son of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me. What? You preach you die for the poor. Do you heal the brokenhearted? To set the captives free. Do you know that Britain two weeks ago, the UK have now have lost their status as a Christian nation? There were two nations, strong nations, Rome, with the Catholics, Roman Catholics, eh? and the Church of England was the church that they were founded from the beginning of time. The Church of England was the church that, that from the beginning of foundations of church life, they were the ones that planted all over the world. The Church of England was like the first original denominational church of South Roman Catholics. And how does one of the most powerful Christian nations in the world all of a sudden decide that he's no longer a Christian nation? And tell you why? Because we're not doing our job. Because Christianity has become about sitting in a church and what it looks like. Christianity has become about what the pastor wears and how cool he is and what God the, the, It's become about a simple thing of doesn't preach and not so good afterwards or do I feel forget. That's what it's become about. They come about fancy houses and fancy cars and fancy cinema seating in the church. Become about lights and amber smoke machines and great. If that is really giving the kingdom, great, use it. But it was not throw it outside. Throw it outside. Because somewhere along the line, our faith is just not strong enough. You know, I wish we would believe in ourselves as much as God believes in us. You don't share the gospel because you don't think you're good enough to share the gospel. You don't share the gospel because you think, well, I've got so many mistakes in my own life. Well, I'm not going to share the gospel because I don't know enough about it. We always got an excuse why we aren't sharing the gospel. And yet every single person that crosses your path is an opportunity for you to cause a ripple in their life. Every person. I don't care if the cashier checkers or at click stores or wherever it is. Every person that you come into contact with. You know why? Listen again. For the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Because God has anointed me. Let me tell you something, that whenever the presence of God walked in every evening, the things that were not God had to be. The word of God said, a man that had been demonized for years, that was tied up in a cave with a chain. The minute that he saw a man come walking, you see, he didn't see the man come walking, he saw the presence of God come walking towards him. 
And he said to Jesus, oh, please don't judge me before my appointed time. Rather cast me to the swines. Hey, do people see that? Do the people see you coming? Do people see the presence of God coming? Or are we just doing church? Or are we just, I'm cool, I'm saved. Hopefully my kids are saved. I can say what I want to because I say about grace. There's a sticky thing in our lives because as much as water brings relief and water brings blessing and water brings life, water can also bring destruction. It was not handled well. And you guys are going to walk out here and off, you're going to get your shoes wet on the way to the car park and all the water is going to be stuck in the mud out there. And I find that most of us there in stuff. I think most of us are stuck right there in the mud. That as much as the things and the anointing of God is upon our lives, we get stuck in the mud. You know why? You know why we know what sand is in the mud? Because we believe this. The more people walk up the way here, the more money it becomes. And I think in our lives we just walk so much up and down to the spots, back and forth from God to God, away from God, back and forth, away from God. It's time to reach give up and we're stuck in the night. Chantal myself, we're chatting. And um, we're chatting about church life in our place and this whole thing. Just the fact that we've got this place more than four months this time. You know, I still, I still can't even fathom what happened here in four months, you know. I mean, four months ago, this place was flooded up the water, and we were with each other. It was just this whole area with one dam. I must say, we broke the drum quite well with the water. Okay? Like, like, there's really no more water shortage in this country. Or in the you know what I mean? They should just send us somewhere else, like the Karoo or something now. But um, but we were chatting and, I, and, I, and we were speaking about, you know, where we are in life. Retirement, you know, and all that stuff. We're that age now where we start speaking of retirement. And, you know, we've got 10 years left or we've got 12 years left or whatever it might be. And uh, I said to Chantal that the last 10 years, I became so consumed, consumed with fighting for what I believe in God. So consumed with trying to nurture people and lead them in the right direction that I clearly forgot focus on what I was called to do. And, and I'm, I'm not having a moment here again because there was a moment where I stepped into the ring and it wasn't my fight. Because the word of God says the fight is easy. And often we step into a ring that's not our fight. And I said to you, baby, you know something again? I want to end well. I want to end well. And there's one thing that, that I fear more than anything. And I said to her, I don't know if this is going to happen or not. But there's one thing I fear so much is that when I get up there one day, and God says to me, these are the people that I entrusted to you 
and put it across your path. And these two are the ones you get. We just get to speak our brothers and sisters by Jesus. We just get to be. We don't, we don't pull our kids out on their nonsense either because we just get to offend them. No, our, our spouses and everyone gets away with murder because we don't want to offend anyone. You know, I, mean, I don't, I was just saying to my mother, stop Bible punching me. She would just out praying for you, like, stop Bible punching me, you know. Stop forcing you to go to church. I thank God she forced me to go to church. I thank God I forced my kids to go to church. Because you know what? They need to grow up in the presence of God. And when they reach the age of accountability, whatever they decided was on them, but I know that my heart is clear. Amen. You've been called for a purpose. You've been called to change people's lives around you. We need to stop our we must not stop getting caught up in nonsense and arguments and get caught up in fights that aren't ours and get caught up in things that we believe other people should do. You know what the word of God says? Seek me first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You. Seek ye first. You. First, the kingdom of God. You see, I have this problem when I grew up as a teenager. It was this, that, that I've just got too much sin in my life right now. But one day, when I'm a better person, and I'm a nicer person, then I'm going to come to Jesus. Never happened. Never happened. I couldn't even use that excuse anymore. And I often think, and I sit here, and I think, you know, how great is that God has taken us out of one area and dropped us into a whole different point. Somewhere we've never been before, we've never ministered, we don't know the people, we a lot of them now, which is amazing. But is this community going to be changed by us being here or not? Is this going to become a community center with a community need and fellowship? Is going to come a place where the community can come together and sort out differences? Is this building and are we as a church and are we as a people going to impact this community or not? Or should we just have planted in somewhere else? In Charlotte, where we were, for the last 20 years, I've had 70 churches around me in its proximity of two communities. Think about it. Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormon Church, Church of Latter-day Saints, Christadelphians, Old Apostolic, New Apostolic, India, Methodist, I'm not Methodist, that anything. We had 70 churches around us for 23 years. And all of a sudden, you come to the spot, there's nothing. This is it. Maybe, maybe you were handpicked to be here. Maybe we were handpicked to be dropped into this point. 
Maybe you've been added and maybe you're walking to church right now with this fantastic. But there's a reason why we're here. And there's a reason why you're here. And the reason why you fellowship is the reason why you keep coming back. Even in the midst of a storm, you're still sitting here. Because I kind of believe there's something in you that knows that you're here for a reason. You're not coming by accident. Let me tell you something, every person has built a brick, every person has laid a sheet here, every person has dug a floor, every person that has done anything on this building. God gets all the glory. But it's still so good to be part of something that God is building. It's so good. And more than anything in the season right now, what we need more than anything right now is people that are sold out to the gospel. People that say, God, wherever you need to drop me right now, you just drop me because I'm going to leave a ripple effect. Stop being shy. Stop being embarrassed by Jesus. Stop being embarrassed by making Jesus to people. Let me tell you something. Some people will give one shot at it. One shot at it. And often, you're the shot. Often, you're the shot. Often, you're the shot. Don't forget that. Whether it's a prayer meeting, whether it's worship, we sang the song at the end here that said, "I'm going to worship till my what? How does it go? I'm going to worship till my heart starts changing. I'm going to sing till I mean every word." Imagine if we just said, right, let's do that. Let's go. Let's get a stay. Let our hearts change. We're going to invite me up on Wednesday, Wednesday. How many people are going to hang around? For the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you. Because God has anointed you to preach good tidings to the poor. To heal the brokenhearted, to scatter the captives free, to give the oil of joy for mourning, the spirit of gladness for the spirit of heaviness, that we shall become oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, in which He will display His splendor. Have you ever read that? That God says that you will become oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord in which he will display his splendor. I want to ask you, become an oak this week. Become something that God wants to show off. I don't know about you, Gary, you want to say something? But I want to say this to you. When I speak about my kids, when I speak about my wife, I speak with great pride. Because it doesn't matter how naughty they are, it doesn't matter how many times they've messed up, it doesn't matter how many times they've said bad things about me, it doesn't matter how many times they've hurt me, I still love them like no one else. And when I speak about Jesus, I've got to be that proud. Because as much as I love them unconditionally, I know that He loves me unconditionally. That He's placed me here. 
and he's blocking me in this pond. And hell knows I'm going to cause a ripple effect for you out there. But I don't know about you, because I don't want to leave anyone behind. We need to get our heads out of the gutter. We stop trying to fix everything and fix our marriages and fix our businesses and, and fix our finances. Maybe it's time that we just seek Him with all of our hearts. When we seek Him with all of our hearts, when we fall so in love with Jesus, that the overflow of our love that is in us affects people around us. Hey, John the Baptist was there baptizing people in the, in, in the river. And the word says he looked up and he said these words, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. You know what? Every time I come over a mountain and I find someone in a valley, may they look up and go, there comes good. A man anointed by God that carries the presence of God that's going to change the situation. Not just me, but you. Come on. We're educated people. We're learned people. We're good people. We're loving people. We're caring people. We're South African, damn it. We're amazing. We're amazing. We're freaking awesome. Now let us build an awesome church. Amen. Thank you.